This is Comic Picks about the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason. Yes. <laughs> yes, I still am. Okay. Anyway, it's like it's like can't tell you exactly what possessed me to, do, to drag up this week's topic, but I don't know, it's just like I've been thinking about it for a while. But you know, it's like hey, it's like it's been a while since I've brought up brought up Garth Ennis for any reason. Well, yeah, in the podcast anyway, but I still mm-hmm. talk about this stuff regularly in the mm-hmm. in the posts anyway. But yeah, you know, like one of the things that, that Ennis keeps coming back to over and over again are war stories. Because apparently he was raised on on World War Two on World War II comics from Britain, and that's that kind of stuff is mm. becoming ingrained in his psyche. Yeah. Now, on one hand, and he he's finding some ways to um, tell tell these stories like over and over again in the story in the series that he's done. He's done it in in his run on Hellblazer. He did it in Preacher. Uh, he didn't specifically do it in, in Hitman. But like that spirit, that spirit was still there. I mean, when you get Tommy and his buddies um, get find, finding a German tiger tank and then using it to depose a uh, South African dictator, then yeah, it's like that's that, that's your that's your um, World War II spirit right there. But the thing is, like Ennis, he's got a he's, man has a real soft spot for like telling stories just about 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 just like the regular grunts and like sol- soldiers in World War II more than more than anything else. And he just, he just keeps bringing that back. Like time and time again, he like his like the most his most ex- his most in depth examination is probably in the eight issues of um of War Story that he did for Vert- for Vertigo. In mm. that, he did like eight like it's it's still in um, War Story Volume One and Two, and you get like lots of them lots of introspectives like from the story of a, of a German commander of a German of a German tight. Ty- um, Tiger Tank and his and his crew, who um he like his name's Johan, mm-hmm. and he and uh, he did some very bad things in war, and he was determined to not to just basically find a way to save his crew and then die at the end to atone for all he's all he's done. Then the story of what are called the D-Day Dodgers, essentially like the um the British British forces who were fighting in Italy at the time the D-Day was going on. That you know these people were uh, given their all to fight for the German menace in southern Italy. All the eyes of the world were on. On the D-Day invasion of times, that's the um, that's the big um, photo, that's the big um, money money shot story. If you think, then you also get Screaming Eagles, which is the story of a um, American crew towards the end of Germ, the end of um, the uh, the end of um, the war operation in Europe, who are just like Germans in retreat, and they just been kind of like been been screwed over by the by their by the leaders at some point, and they then they're ordered to scope out this one um, German villa for. Like a um, for a conference, and they just figured, hey, you know what? We're just gonna like, we're just gonna like, use this to get the R and R we've always deserved throughout this throughout this trip. Then also the um, story of Nightingale, a um, let's see, uh, see a convoy es- escort in the Arctic who who is um on one level like they're they're kind of cursed because they they were ordered to desert to um to break off and break off from their from their escort, and they were the only people to make make it back. And so this the story. Eventually, the story of their their redemption and, and subsequent death. The second volume was focuses on the story of the Reavers, a group, a group, group of British commandos who were just fighting the Germans in the desert, and the story of one one of their leaders who just has so much fun fighting them that he was, doesn't want to give up this job at all. The story of Jay for Jenny, a jer- um, I'd say a group of British bombers who were who were fighting the uh, fighting the Germans, and um, one guy who just like he realizes that hey, you know what we've like, the, like yeah, the Germans are bastards, and like, but 
if we keep like I'm doing this stuff to them, then they're we're no better than they are. And then the other guy who just basically realizes that hey, his family was killed. He just wants to to uh, kill bomb them into oblivion. And then it's all more of a revenge tale, right? Yes, yes, it is. But uh, let's see what's. Yes, the third third story being um, Condors, which is probably the best of the stories. Which basically has it's the story. It's set up sounds like a joke. You've got okay, a German German pilot, a an Irish an Irish commando, a British soldier, and a and a Spanish and a, and a Spanish fighter, all all thrust into a in, into a pit together to survive the um this one. This one, um, pretty brutal battle in the Spanish Civil War, and you get to hear their 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 different perspectives, like the Germans' thoughts on on um on how see on how the um how the post World War One era was just like a horrible time for for Germany, and how how Hitler brought Hitler brought them brought them back to um being respectable, but he but he is he but he doesn't care because he he care about the politics. He's Germany just allows it to fly. The um the British guy who embraces socialism because it basically um allows every, he feels allows everyone to be equal, and this is this is the way of the future. The um, Irishman who is and so is basically a lunatic because he's basically that because he embraces fascism and and it's in this fight against um Britain's um fight Britain's um tyranny over over Ireland, and also the um Spanish guy who's basically the most even headed of the lot who reasons that they're all idiots in the sense that he was he was at the Battle of Guernica. Which I'm renowned for its for its brutality, and he just basically says that you know like all the stuff you talk about, all these justifications you give for fighting war, it's all just bullshit. Hmm. It's like we're, it's like none of this none of this means anything. It's the strongest of the stories, and then you've also got the um the, the end story um Archangel, which basically tells the story of a, of of the of um of camp ship. It's basically a uh, or actually no, it's story. This one, this one guy, like a um, kind of like a uh, not not too bright um Brit- British um British pilot who, who basically um is basically dra- after um screwing up royally in this one this one battle is basically sent to the to, to um be become become the fighter pilot in this one camp ship, which basically you are, it is like a, a a um, you basically you're a uh, a pilot in a plane that is launched from a from a, from a freighter. And you're supposed to um, send out to um, fight fight the Germ- German bombers if that um, that are at, they're um, sent they're being sent out sent at them and it's it's quite it's quite insane when you say this when you, when you hear this and it's kind of like you just look at this guy and it's like oh god this is awful but it's it's played for um, really entertaining light black comedy and it's mm-hmm. it's entertainment it, but overall all both of these um, bombings of war stories are really well really well done because Ennis. If there's one thing it's because well, Ennis like loves bringing out his standard tropes of characters, of characters like the like like the guy who who can't stop can't stop fight, fighting because he cause he loves his loves killing too much. Right. The um, like the moral character who realizes what they're doing is wrong, even even in the face of an insurmountable horror. Right. Or like the um the standard like by the by the book kind of guy who wants to follow the rules but is kind of like also just uh. And just he's like he wants followers, and he's either a complete a neat, complete idiot because of it, or he's actually expressing good at his job in, in spite of it. And like even like you, you see a lot of Ennis's standard tropes brought out in these stories. Ennis is 
I've seen I've read these stories. Ennis is kind of, kind of constitutionally incapable of writing a stand, like a um, a story that kind of directly celebrates or like makes or glo- or glamorizes these kind of things. He basically does a great job of showing you of choice of war as they are, how it's basically a it's a great toll on on the psyches of all of the pe- of all the people involved, and just how yeah, even if they're they do people do good do good things, they're often done in either in the face of unsurmountable horror or in spite of the fact that their the commanding officers are complete idiots and are just like you know, more, more often than not just sending them out to die. Mm. Yeah, but but Ennis is he's like to, well, war story is probably the pure, one of the purest examples of this stuff. He's also um, done a good job of uh, nailing on this war story stuff to a lot of other familiar titles. T- probably missing out of this is when he's trying to suffer Marvel because he's done he's done stuff because like when it comes to his Marvel stuff, he can't actually do a direct war story because he actually have to like, bring in one of their characters in yeah, order to pull this off. It, right. Yeah. So basically, like the most prominent examples being the Punisher and Nick Fury. Now, now I probably talked about on um, this example. Yes. <laughs> Now I've probably talked about this briefly on um, my Punisher podcast over right. a year ago, but um, Punisher Born is one of the few times, and this is this is entered out of World War II and into into Vietnam. Mm-hmm. You know, probably the only time I can re- remember off the top of my head is when he um, did the story of um, Jesse Custer's dad and Preacher. But but Punisher Born is a story of um, of Frank Castle and him and his, on his story, basically his basically how he. Basically, how he um, got a taste for killing. Basically, found out he was one hand. He was he was really good at that, but you know, it's like, was is this something he wanted to do for the rest of his life, or was he going to like, is he wanted to like, commit to doing this for the rest of his life, or was he just going to you know like, let this um let the things let the war in Vietnam stop him? It's interesting. He fit him into his character profiles. Yeah, it's like he actually yeah, it's like it actually is a, like a a good story about Vietnam because it also tells you story. It's one other character. Um, who also realizes that sees that who also has a very optimistic um, perspective of, of America, and if it views that Vietnam is just like a, a big misstep in their thing, but he just wants to like just survive things, get it out, and then we can just get back to being the great country that, that we are. Right. And he just has this huge wake-up call between his African American friend who's sucked into the bad bad side of Vietnam, and also um also um Frank Castle's um, perspective that uh, it's just like you know just. Punishing all the bad people who are involved in this, no matter no matter what they are. Right. It's a good story, and and like and highly highly recommend for, for like fans of fans of Punisher or just like you know like war stories in general. Mm-hmm. Now the other thing, other short major World War Two stories he's done, basically is um revolves around Nick Fury. Keep in mind though, and this is um delving into um bad Marvel continuity backwaters. Yeah, yeah. This um sounds th- like it already off the top. Yeah, yeah, this this version of Fury they're talking about is basically Ennis's version of Fury, right? Which is basically not the uh, the Nick Fury that we know and love from the regular Marvel universe, but basically Ennis is a miso- misogynistic um soldier who can't um, who can't give up the f- give up um fight. Fighting and killing the bad guys from his original Fury mini series that was launched when the Mac Marvel's Max Mature Readers imprint was launched um, a couple of years back. Oh. Yeah, this Fury basically um chose chose of him like basically like starting out in World War Two, finding out that hey, you know what? Despite all the fact, despite what everyone tells us about how great the, the American war machine is, we're still um second banana when it comes to fighting the Germans. And him finding out that finding that out the hard way in the first two issues. And then eventually, I'm um, teaming up with these um, British British commandos to um, 
take out this one German German commander who um, is a, who is said to be on his way to assassinate Hitler and bring an end to World War II. But then they find out that, you know, that's not quite the case. It's, in fact, like, you know, this guy is, actually has a much stronger sense of duty and that, you know, it's like, it's, everything that's going on is is uh, much much worse than, it, than, it's, than it's set up to be. I mean, it's like, Marvel's characters, like they're they're so well suited for telling certain stories that you can nail on to them. Like with Daredevil, I mean, you can tell a good story, tell a good crime story about about him because he's he's built for that thing. Fury, he's good for telling World War Two stories, and Ennis exploits exploits that well in Fury Peacemaker. So, I mean, it's not it's not like um like uh, awe inspiring story by any means, but it's but it's pretty but it's pretty good if you like if you like Ennis's stuff. Another story that he's done that involves the character is also built for telling World War story World War Two stories is Battler Britain. This is a um, Britain is apparently a character who's um that had a long history in Britain, and he's and apparently he like he was he was one of the characters that Ennis grew up on, and apparently when he got the chance to write him for for DC's Wildstorm imprint, he apparently jumped at the chance. He told a, a really interesting five story five story um tale that. On one hand, like while well, Britain is basically your t- your your standard character, he's like he's yeah he he's got like he's really good at, at he's a basically a fighter pilot and he's really good at his job, but he's also and it's also using a really good story to as a vehicle to tell a story of um inter uh of a of inter um country inter- intercontinental cooperation between um between the Americans and the British during World War Two because because well because this takes us around the time when the Americans were getting into World War Two. And this American and Britain's group is attached to an American outfit in in, in Northern Africa in order to te- teach them the tactics of fighting, of fighting um the German fighting the German air German aircraft, right. and it's it's like it's pretty and it's it's pretty interesting like like you know got these got these Americans who generally don't want who just don't like to be told what to do and inside so like these guys these British guys who've they've been on they've had like years to learn the hard way of fighting. Fighting Germans, and it's it's a really good really good story of like of how of how these um groups learn to work together. In fact, uh, the only issue I have is um basically um is Ennis's treatment of the American commander who well I don't know to Ennis's credit he he treats the American commander as kind of like a joke in the first couple of issues, but then he he realizes he as he realizes that it's got more margin having him having him like eventually like I start to warm to Britain's Britain's style and eventually start to learn from him, but it's the first. It comes off as just like and it's just like having having a laugh at, at Americans for the most part. To be honest, and to be honest, like for the most part, like, um, Americans generally don't come off a lot um, very well in a lot of his war comics because like yeah, mainly because like I think it's just because like you know like they were like we were the people who came lately to the to the to the World War Two yeah, theater. Yeah, we, <coughs> we had less to invest in it. Yeah. Probably in his opinion, you know, it's like, oh, we've been we've been fighting our, for our lives here. Yeah, and then you you guys show up and here and about to tell us how it's done. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. That's one. Yeah, that's one of the things that that happens, and and also that's also exploded to um, comedic effect. And what I think is one of his, it's not necessarily one of his. Uh, I can't quite say it's a great war story, because it's basically taking the piss out of the um out of all the stuff he's talked about. There's one of his first um World War Two stories is. Was a series called was two series called Adventures of the Rifle Brigade. This is the year two three issue miniseries from DC's Vertigo imprint. They basically mock 
ruthlessly mock the conventions of every um, British war comic ever ever created. Uh, I mean, uh, uh. you've got the um the, the stoic, sort of square jawed um Brit like uh, Brit British um like British general who's like British lieutenant who's like leading the rifle brigade into combat against insurmountable odds. You got his um soft lieutenant who might be gay, but you know isn't quite. <laughs> and you've got the um, they got his, uh, his supporting characters who are just like like Hank the Yank, who's you know, like he's 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 the American guy who's fighting for them. You got Corporal Geezer, who's like the uh, lower class guy, who's always telling people you're out of order, and also <laughs> yeah. And also, also their sergeant, who's just, uh, just like a, like this really, like this really big, big fat guy who's just, like he's just kind of scaring the hell, just beat beat the crap out of just about anyone. And they these 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 two issues are collected in one trade. These three issued stories are collected in one trade paperback. That it's it's a lot of fun. And even if you've never read any of these kind of World War II stories, you'll read this and you think like, God, man, like this is. It's such a spot-on parody of just about every war story you've you've ever read, that it's that it's 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 um it's a lot of fun. It's like one of Ennis's most compulsively rereadable stories, just because it's he he nails the humor, humor and situations for a lot of these characters, especially since like you you've got them going up against like really really outlandish characters like it's like Gerda Gash, the uh, German like the the like German SS SS leader who's um. Out to torture, torture them, torture their secrets out of them, and like Jaeger X, who are the like, the scary, scary um, ger- like um, SS commandos who are out, who who are just like dropped on their plane in order to t- take out the rifle brigade, and also like Marilyn Smith, the uh, the American the American operative who um, uses the whip and hates badgers, <laughs> who is out, who is like trying to um, who's, who who intercepts the rifle brigade and they're. In her um, attempt to obtain um, Hitler's missing missing testicle, which is said to um, contain the powers to um, allow any op- any uh, any army to victory in <laughs> in Europe, so it's it's great fun, and like I said, it's it's one like I said, it's it's kind of like it's just it's set up to mock like all the conventions of the stories that Ennis writes about, but like it's overall it's a lot of fun, but Ennis has also come back to. Um, World War Two recently in like in a series for um, Dynamite Publishing called Battlefields. Now, I want to tell you about these these stories mainly because like I I don't want to make the same mistake I read and buy these um, trade paperbacks one by one as I did because recently they've announced that there's a um, nice hardcover edition that collects all three of these stories. Now these three stories are basically the Night Witches, which tells the story of um these Ger- these um female Russian fighter pilots who are basically fi- assigned to fight fight the Germans. And let me tell you, like, when you hear about Russians fighting the Germans in Garth Ennis comics, dude, it's like, you just want to, like, get, get the fuck out of the way because, like, Germans, like, as bad as the Germans are, the Russians, like, after they've, um, had, after the Germans have done everything to them, the German, the Russians come back and then just are just even worse. And then you also get the story of, of Dear Billy, which is one of Ennis's, actually, I think this is probably his only foray into the, um, Pacific Theater, um, uh, of combat because like it shows a sort of a of a woman who was um, assaulted part of a group that was assaulted by the Japanese mm-hmm. saved from certain death by by the time of some of some paramedics and then forced to live out the, live out the rest of the war with the knowledge of what was done to her and while she she takes solace in the in this one British pilot who was also um who was who was also assaulted by the, by by the Japanese she eventually 
she basically can't live with things when she finds out that, hey, you know, the war is going to end, and she, you know, we've got to actually work with the Japanese in order to, like, instead of stopping, instead of, like, I'm fighting them and killing, like, the, like, like the bastards they are in this combat. Mm. It's, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great story, and one of the, sadly, and also probably one of the most um, depressing ones, just because of the way it ends, but still, still well worth reading. The only misfire, probably one of the rarest misfires in, in this is canon, actually, well, not quite a misfire, but, you know, just, I kind of expect better from him based on how he's done these things, but is um, the third Battlefield story, The Tankies. In this one, well, and it's, uh, a lot of other stories, and this actually has, has a good point to these, like he's, like you're telling like, like, a, like a nice story, like from point A to point B. The Tankies seems to be his, his attempt to actually tell a, um, like, as it happens type story. Type story, you know, like instead of actually just like setting up a like a story with a clear objective, it's just like a what's going on in this in these characters' lives, like at what's everything that's that's happening at the same time. Like you have it's such a story of this, this British tank tank group that's that's settled with the new new commander who speaks with an unintelligible um a- accent, and and their and their their attempts to try and try and survive in the face of like superior firepower and tactics. But then also like tell sorry, like the, the the British commanders, the um the grunts, just about everyone that's going on like in the post in the post D Day um theater of war, and it's it feels very unfocused. I mean like it gets you're able to like um hold on to like some sense of some sense of uh, um like narrative some narrative by focusing on the, the titular tankies themselves, but it just it just doesn't come together the way a lot of his a lot of his best stuff does. I mean it's not. Bad. I mean, I, I, I respect him for trying to try and trying to do something new, but this, I don't think. It, like I said, it's it's more of a. Eh, I I feel he he's done better, and I, and maybe maybe he'll do do better since because like, I've heard that there's a there's a new series nine, series of um battlefields um stories coming out next year, which will probably include a sequel to the tankies, but we'll see how it goes from there. But generally. Overall, what I'm trying to say here is that more often than not, like Garth, when Garth Ennis is like talking specifically about war, even if he's taking like a Marvel character to nail on a World War II story or even a World War One story too, it's like it's generally, it's generally worth reading about because like hey, it's like he's not about just like glamorizing ser- service; he's about telling you like how things actually were at the time, and that's that's something that's all always worth hearing about. Okay, so that's it. So until next time, catch you later. All right, see you next time.